to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppi. I'm excited to be joined by Drew Tate, former Iowa quarterback, started from 04 to 06, now coaching in the Canadian Football League, receivers coach with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Drew, thanks for joining me. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, appreciate it, John. So year one coaching receivers at the Rough Riders, right? Yes, sir. What brought you back to the Canadian Football League? Well, um, there was a few reasons. There was a there was a few reasons because um, I was coaching last year at Northern Iowa, and uh, you know it was just it seemed, it, the opportunity um, uh, professionally. I, I thought was uh, definitely a um, something I, I thought I should uh, should uh, explore and really look at. Um, never coached receivers before, so this was an opportunity to do that, and then um, you know make a little bit more money. To be honest with you, <laughs> so there was a couple of little factors in it, and um, but. It's uh, it's been really good so far. I've had, had had a good time and get to work with really good people. So it's a lot of fun right now. Now playing in the Canadian Football League, are there a lot of mutual connections there, or has it been enough time where a lot of those people have moved on? A little bit of both. I mean, you got some guys that are that are CFLers for life, um, and then you got guys that just come up for the job and then leave and things like that. Um, but a good mix. Uh, but like these guys here, like my head coach here, I played for him back in 2009 in Calgary. He was special teams coordinator. Um, played against the defensive coordinator when I first got up into the league, and then the assistant receiver coach. Uh, we played against a little bit towards the end of my career too. So you know, like I said too, it's uh, it's you get a little leftovers or carryovers, you know, and then you get some new faces, and then some guys leave. It just you know, everyone, it's, it's a little different because it, it's a little different up here. Um, you know, it's only a six month job, you know, and so as an American, you know, you probably don't want to live up here 12 months if you're only working for six. So there's a lot of back and forth, things like that. You know, I, I don't have kids. I'm not married. So it makes it I can just pack up the car and go, you know, just jump up on my horse, go to the next town. You know what I mean? So it's it's easy for me. And and honestly, the, the just the 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 Canadian game is just fun, too. I, I, I really enjoy it. I think it's it's uh, it's faster. It's just there's just. It's, you know, only three downs, um, some different rules, but it still has all the same components as, 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 as the American football does. And so I just really like it. I think it's a lot of fun, a lot of throwing, a lot of with the motions and with the 12 players. You, there's a lot of creativity that you can have um, with concepts and things like that. So it's it's cool. I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. I'm shocked a former quarterback loves a game that has a lot of throwing in it. Who would possibly guess that one? I know, right? Especially a quarterback from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> So when you first came to the Canadian Football League, were you expecting that this would be something that, oh, maybe I could go back to? Or did it kind of be a surprise? Was it a surprise to you kind of how things were and kind of finding a place that you've clearly enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, but to to be real, like when I first came up, I, I thought I was just going to be one of the guys that come up for the job and then go back and then stay down there. Um uh, I always wanted to coach college football and I got to do it these last two years at the FCS level. Um, but to be honest with you, with, with the world of college football, um, it, it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, the best part about the college football is the players period. Um, but you're only with the players, uh, for, you know, August through November and then maybe a month for spring ball, you know, and, and then the other stuff is, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that get, that you have to do, um, that just, you know, it was, I didn't mind doing it, but it was just like, whoa, you know, this isn't this just isn't what I thought it was. And then with the rules now with transferring and everything like that, I mean, it's just a it's a wild west. And um, 
Uh, but I mean, I, I'm very grateful for my two stops I had last year at Northern Iowa and uh, Tennessee Martin the year before. Um, got to coach quarterbacks Tennessee. Got to coach tight end. So, you know, and then that's why you know I had another I had an opportunity to come up here and coach receivers. So I feel like you know I'm hitting checking those boxes because I'd like to be an OC um, as soon as possible. So I feel like if I was able to run a room and and, and of those positions, now I at least got you know some kind of awareness and um, you know an idea of things like that. But uh, yeah, I never thought I would be, but, you know, the world changes really fast and uh, college football changes really fast. So you just kind of like, oh, man, it just, you know, you're recruiting guys left and right. The recruiting, you know, an FCS has different rules than FBS. So it was like, you know, the recruiting just never stops and, you know, transfers and then, you know, guys are coming and they don't come. And then it's just, it was just a little wild for me. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it can get cleaned up a little bit with NCAA or whatever, you know, that they want to do. Um, but uh, it was just this opportunity. Like I said, it just it, it was hard to just pass up in a lot of different ways. And um, I said, the hell with it. Let's just go. And and the thing about it was like our head coach here, our general manager here, we're all in there last year, their contracts. Um, I don't think many people wanted this job because it's not, you know, it's kind of scary. You can go in for a year and then be out. But like I said, I this is my eighth city in eight years, I think it is now. So I don't, you know, it's just kind of my thing. It'd be weird to be at a place two years in a row, I think, now at this point. But <laughs> hopefully someday it gets there. But, uh, yeah, you know, it just, you know, you always you always think you have a plan. You, you have an idea of what you're going to do. But when you coach football, it's a one-year deal, and you don't know what you're going to do or where you're going to go. So uh, just enjoying the ride right now. I guess you have the movers on speed dial at this point. Hey, the movers are my car because that's it, man. I just pack it up my clothes and then we we had we had to another town. All right. Um, what was that experience like at UNI? In it terms was great. of being so close it. to where you've been before. Yeah, you know, it was just really, really cool to be back in the state of Iowa, to be honest with you. Um, I got to see a lot of old friends. I went into Iowa City a few times to see people, see some friends in Cedar Rapids, Des Moines. Um, it was really cool, actually. And uh I just, you know, the people of Iowa are just as solid as Oak and uh, you can't, you know, it's just fun being around Iowans in Iowa. You know, they love football and just I think the integrity of Iowans and, uh, you know, the the farmer mindset, the wrestler mindset, how they see football, how they believe in football. It was it was just it's a unique place. Um, and then I got to work, you know, Mark Farley has an unbelievable football mind. Um, uh, uh, Bryce Pop. I mean, everyone in the world knows who Bryce Pop is, you know, and then. Uh, got to learn, you know, from other offensive coaches and things like that. And I got to coach tight ends. Um, you know, uh, we had some really good, we had, we had, we had some really good times. We just had a phenomenal room. We had fun every day. We, we came to work, we had our meetings, we had practice. It was just a great time. And, um, I miss those guys. I texted Farley, uh, before his, uh, Iowa state game and told him good luck and everything. And told him I miss him and everyone. And, uh, so I'm rooting for them. I know they're 0-2 right now. You know, they had a rough one in the Dome last week against Weber, um, but they got to go on the road to Idaho State, I think. Um, and they'll handle business there. And and then, yeah, I've been watching the Hawks, too, as well. Um, they should handle business again at home against Western Mish. And so – and then it gets real for those guys, you know. So it's it, – I'm trying to watch. You know, it's it's fun. And, uh, you know, to have ties back there is really cool. And um, so, yeah, but every Saturday I'm always checking scores. What would be your ultimate coaching ambition here? Um, you know, I'd love to be an offensive coordinator and then I think, which is the next, um, which is the, you know, I want to be a head coach period. And then the fastest way I think I can get there is be an offensive coordinator. And so, you know, wherever that is in the CFL and college and high school, you know, that's just kind of, you know, 
coaching is coaching. Doesn't matter what sport, what grade, what gender, you know, none of that stuff matters. Coaching is coaching. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, with all the experience that I've tried to gather and make a resume out of the, the stops I've had, hopefully it leads to something pretty good down the road. Do you have a preference between American versus Canadian football for that? No, not really, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's beauty in both. Um, and then there's really beauty in all, all levels, high school, college, and pro. Um, none of it's perfect, obviously. Um, uh, and you can really have fun at every level. Um, it's just, you know, it, it was funny. I was down in uh, Boca Raton uh, doing some professional development. I was visiting a coach down there, a receiver coach, David Beatty. And he was a high school coach in Texas. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching practice at Florida Atlantic and Boca. And I look over and I'm like, well, that guy looks pretty familiar. You, you got to be a Ferentz. Well, Stevie Ferentz, you know, and I'm sitting there talk, hanging out with Stevie Ferentz because he just got let go with the Dolphins. So he was down there looking for like an analyst or QC or I think or something. And we're just sitting there talking. And he had made a comment that uh, his mama uh, said that pro football is where bad coaches go to hide. And then, you know, <laughs> as soon as I came here and started coaching these receivers, because we've got really good receivers, just you know, talent wise, but also very smart. And like, it just hit me. And, and I started seeing it through training camp. I'm like, man, I'm not a good coach. These guys are just really good players. So yeah, it makes me look good, I guess, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so if a college program were to come calling, would you be open to going back to that? Or do you first want to let the transfer portal madness die down or, you know, I think it would just depend on the factors. Um, you know, um, who and where and what, you know, that those kind of things. Um, you know, the best thing about this job, to be honest with you, in the CFL, you only work six months and then you're off six months, but you get paid 12 months. So not bad, right? You know, so that one's, you know, and all it is is football. You know, there's no recruiting. There's no nothing. There's no parents. There's no nothing. No, it's just football, pro football. So that's pretty cool. I really enjoy that because I got to play up here for about 12 years. And um, I just, I, I like that atmosphere. It's, it's just... You know, everyone in the building is professional. You don't have to hold anyone's hand. You know, it's just, you know, do your job, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that part's pretty cool. And then, again, like I'm saying, uh, you know, those the the receivers we have damn near coached me probably more than I've coached them just because they're really good. So I'm learning on how, well, how do you run this slant versus this leverage, you know, or how are you seeing this versus a high, a high corner, how you run in this curl route or a comeback route, things like that. So it's it's been it's been really cool so far. But to answer your question, I mean, I mean, hey, we're a football coach, you know what I mean? So you'll go wherever the wherever the job will take you. So the question that probably a lot of listeners now have at this point in the conversation is if Iowa were to come calling, would you be interested in coming back to Iowa City if that were to happen? I, I mean, I, I think it'd be an awesome deal, to be honest with you. I, um goes back to just being in Iowa and being around the Iowans and and uh, when I was living in, you know, I haven't been back to Iowa much and since I've been pl done playing. And when I went back to Iowa City and, uh, and I was I, I barely recognized the town, you know, to be honest with you. I mean, just um, just uh, everything. The town just looks completely different. You know, there's new roads, new buildings, bigger buildings, more areas popping up. I mean, it's a phenomenal place, um, beautiful place. And um yeah, I mean, I, I I think Iowa City is just it, it's like a it's like just probably the best secret in the Big Ten to be honest with you. Now speaking of what's happened in Iowa City, Kirk Ferentz. Well, this one particularly happened in Ames, but Kirk Ferentz winning his two hundredth game. Obviously, you were a part of a good chunk of those two hundred. What has he meant to you over the years? 
Uh, good question. Um, very, uh, very grateful to get to play for him. You know, um, the most, I'd say he's probably the most polished man, polished human I've ever met. Um, you know, even when he gets like grilled on questions from the media and things like that, he always takes the high road. So got to respect that. Um, uh, just what he's done, you know, it, it, it's like when you talk to him and you see him and you hear him or you hear him talk, uh, it, he, you know, he just hasn't missed a beat. He's still the same. And I just think that's unbelievable. I mean, it's good genes, obviously. I'm sure he takes care of himself really well. But uh, for someone at that age, you know, I, I can't believe he's still doing it. I got to be honest with you. I mean, especially the way that his M.O. in, the, in Iowa football is to, um, you know, come into this new world of college football and to deal with all this stuff, you know, because, you know, he, he was not a social media guy. He's he's, he's really tight knit. Um, the program's really tight, you know, and. So now, you know, they're looking at transfers and things like that. That's new and just, you know, but I think they're just doing a phenomenal job. And, you know, it's Iowa football. I mean, they're not the sexiest team. They have the best defense in the land, bar none. And then offensively, it's just been the same. And you know what? I mean, no, it doesn't, you know, get people excited to watch, but they win football games and um, and they graduate players. So, you know, as far as uh, as a head coach at a, you know, a power five, institution like the university of iowa i mean what else can you ask for you're winning games and graduating players you know it just it is what it is um you know and people always want what they can't have you know i mean say that you know the tables turn coach parents retires they're bringing another guy and now they're all flashy and glitzy and stuff but they're having up and down years you know they're still not you know that's the thing about iowa football it's just been so consistent um from in every way shape and form inside and out top to bottom um you can just tell that there's a lot of pride in the program. If you have pride, then I mean you're well ahead of the uh, cur you know the the curve on that. I think you know um, they just seem to always bring in the right kind of people, and uh, and pe it's a, it's a people business. You know this is a people business, uh, football and college football, and you always want to be surrounded by good people with good integrity, um, and that's what they have. I mean you, you know can't can't argue with with it. Um, but, you know, a win's a win. You know, we beat Penn State 6-4. to four. Okay, we won. So what? You know, like, this is what it is. It seems, you mentioned Penn State. It seems like while that traditionally, you don't have any of the factors that you'd usually have in a rivalry with geography, it seems like those always seem to be the games where people are really amped up for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I was I was usually going to be in every game that they play in because of their defense. Just that's just the way it is. And um, it's so fun to watch them play defense. I love watching them play defense. And because uh, my first coaching job was on defense at Coastal Carolina. So it was really cool, you know, to like. So now you get to see it and then you're like, damn, Iowa, like, how do they do it? Right. And but they just they're just so good. Um, and then, like you said, with the new rivals. The hard thing is, you know, now that, you know, the the Pac-12 is going to be entering the Big Ten next year, you know, it's going to I think it's going to hurt a little bit of rivalries. I think it's going to hurt some teams in the Big Ten, to be honest with you, because now you got the flashy Oregon, the Washington, the, the the Beverly Hills, the Coliseum now are coming, you know. So what does that do to Iowa? What does it do to Illinois, Northwestern, Minnesota, uh, Purdue, Indiana? You know, I mean, Maryland Rutgers, what does it do to those guys? You know, are they still going to be up at the top of the league? things like that. Um, I'm sure for the Big Ten, money-wise, it's a no-brainer. You know you're going coast-to-coast. -coast. Um, 
But it's just crazy. I think it's crazy. Um, but as a fan of college football, I think it's awesome. But, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I think it's crazy. I mean, what if you got two road games at Iowa? We got to go to uh, Eugene, Oregon one week. And the next week, I go to L.A., you know. And that's a what is it? I mean, that's a two hour time zone, you know, so it's going to be a long flight going back, you know, a long flight there. Um, and then, you know, with academics it's so big at the University of Iowa, you know, how, how does that how's that going to play out? And, you know, and not just football, but think about basketball, think about volleyball where they're playing two or three games a week. Right. I mean, how's that going to go? But we don't got to get into that. But, you know, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, as a fan, like I said, I think it's awesome. But as a coach and just like as a coaching, you know, the team, just like, holy moly, you're going to have a whole new set of challenges that you're going to have to figure out and overcome. As somebody who's been obviously in the Iowa quarterback room, who's been in the college game in various capacities with Kate McNamara missing two weeks of fall camp, how much of a difference do those could two weeks make in terms of preparation for an early season? And is it different when you have a lot of newcomers or different when you have somebody with as much veteran experience as Kate does? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really tough on the guy, right? I mean, especially him transferring in, you know, and all he had to go off was, was probably about a few weeks in spring ball. You know, think about the two weeks that you missed. Think about how many reps per day in those 14 days that you missed. Well, I could have gotten, you know, I don't know. I mean, let's just say 300 reps in those two weeks, right? Well, now that you're 300 reps better going into week one than you were. And uh, so it's going to be a little timing deal. I'm sure it's going to, it's going to take a little bit, but it's a good thing that, you know, they have the schedule that they have. I think these first three to kind of get them going to, uh, really to get everyone going. Um, but it's not easy. And, uh, you know, I'm not in the quarterback room. Um, I don't really know their offense as much. Um, you know, I'm sure it's still similar on some things, but it's not, it's not an easy offense to pick up. Um, it's kind of something you got to be in the program and you got to understand and go through a spring. You got to go through a camp. So, um, I think he's, I think he's done a really, I haven't, I haven't gotten to see them play. It's just kind of watching little highlights and things like that. But, you know, I think after these three, I think I think his feet will be pretty wet and he'll be really good to go, as well as the whole rest of the team. And then looking back at your Iowa career, I think a lot of people remember the pass from the Capital One Bowl. What are some of your kind of favorite moments as a Hawkeye player? Uh, that one was big. Um, winning the Big Ten uh, and Kinnick against Wisconsin was probably the biggest. Um Having a relationship with all the all my teammates in those four years, teammates, coaches, um, strength coaches, uh, uh, the trainers, the the staff, you know, of all all the um, the what, what do you call them? Um, managers, you know. Like I was a huge fan of the toolbox game, you know. I just love that thing when they play the Wisconsin. But like I said, it's just the people. The people are unbelievable there. Um, and then the other one was graduating. I, I, you know, I was thought, I thought it was like best day of my life when I graduated. Like, oh my god, that's so cool! I'm done with school now, you know. <laughs> um, but it was cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many good things from Iowa City and, and the university and the state. That's just you know, my 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 dad's from Iowa. Um, played at UNI. He's from Cedar Rapids, so you know that means a lot. Just the whole connection. It's just a, it's unique and just um, just very honored to be a part of that. Yeah. Well, Drew, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode. Until next week, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. 
Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.